Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. It's an NBA Draft Preview Edition. I'll be joined by Belly Up's Kevin Wilson to talk about the NBA draft. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Hey, good cooking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking? Something up Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Today, we are presented by In The Clutch. In The Clutch is a officially licensed apparel company with uh, Major League Baseball, MLB, PA, NBA, NFL, retro t-shirts, all kinds of great t-shirts for you. Go to InTheClutch.com and use the code SPORTSSTOVE, you'll get 10% off your purchase. And we're also presented by Elementor. Get Elementor, the ultimate WordPress website builder. With live drag-and-drop editor, you can build and customize every part of your website with zero coding required. Elementor is your all-inclusive solution for your website. Create, manage, and host your website through Elementor. Use the exclusive Sports Stove link in the episode notes on YouTube or whatever podcast platform you're listening to, to get more information about how Elementor can improve your website today. We are uh, inching ever so closely to the NBA draft. And so I decided that for this episode, we would spend all of our time talking NBA draft, heading into the draft on Thursday evening. And joining us is our good friend, the one and only Kevin Wilson. He's the all-around fantasy guru at Belly Up Fantasy Sports. And, <laughs> of course, me and Kevin talk a lot of baseball throughout the year. And we've had him on the show several times about that. Uh, talk fantasy football as well. But we're here to talk real-life basketball. But, Kevin, welcome back to the show. How you doing? I'm doing great, Vince. It's always a pleasure to be here. And, uh, this is, you know, thank you for having me on the show. And, uh if if you have a you're talking about in the clutch 
mm-hmm. you got more than one person that you need to buy for, you can also use Belly Up Fantasy to get another 10% off. Kevin's so hijacking, hijacking my in the clutch customers. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Got to do it. Got to do it. <laughs> uh, Dad would have joined us, but he's still in mourning over his Boston Celtics being eliminated. Um, no, um, uh, always appreciate Dad being on with us. The NBA is not something he follows uh, heavily, so he decided to, we decided to set this one out. But uh, Kevin, we got you on now. Uh, you know, again, you you head up the a lot of the fantasy stuff. At Belly Up Sports, you are heavily involved in the uh, as you host the Belly Up Fantasy Live Baseball Show on Sunday evenings. Uh, you are involved in the fantasy fantasy football programming uh, as well. Uh, you write articles for for baseball, football, and basketball uh, fantasy stuff as well. Uh, what what is your um, your love of basketball? Where does it come from? Where did it start? What's your kind of your 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 main um, time frame, I guess. Like for me, it's the Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, Charles Barkley sons uh, is kind of what got me into basketball. So what was kind of your intro into basketball, I guess? Well, my intro into basketball was pretty much during you know, the, the, the Lakers uh, showtime. Hmm. And uh, back when they had, uh, of course, uh, Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And, uh, you know, and the battles that they had with the Celtics going on right there. And then they had the rise of the Utah Jazz and seeing as how I was born in Utah. And so, you know, it's like almost legislation that if you're from Utah, you must like the Jazz. <laughs> and so despite the fact that they, they leave me with, a, you know, pretty much a broken spirit after every season, season. Yeah. <laughs> You know, coming back all the way from like 1995 when they were losing to uh, Parker's Houston Rockets and they couldn't get to the NBA finals and they would have won both those years if they'd gotten there. And then uh, they went up against the Bulls and Michael Jordan. And of course, that didn't work out so well. And then, you know, it's been pretty much a free fall ever since. And I keep saying that uh, the Jazz are dead to me, but then I turn right around and, and, and come right back into the fold. So. You know, I just like basketball. I, I really like a great game, which we didn't get in this past NBA Finals because not a single game was within 10 points. Right. So, you know, so that was kind of disappointing to me. And uh, I was on a show with Parker right at, you know, before uh, game uh, three happened. And uh, that's what I was saying. I want a 103 to 100 game, you know, one minute to play. We just didn't get that. Yeah. So we just got to hope for better basketball you know, going forward. Yeah. More competitive games. It seems like the whole playoffs were kind of that way. There That's wasn't a word. Yeah. The, you know, the Mavericks, you know, cause I'm over here in Texas and, and they were involved in some games and, 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 and that game seven against Phoenix is one of the mysteries that I've ever come across where you've got the team with the best record in the NBA and Dallas just went in there and just blew their doors sideways in every conceivable way. And, uh, and that was fine with me, you know. If Jazz are not number one, then Mavericks got to be number two. So, I that was fine with me. And then, uh, of course, Golden State pretty much blew their windows sideways. And so there was a lot of basketball that was wasn't competitive this year. So hopefully we we can do some things with the draft and change that. 
Yeah, it's funny. You know, I grew up a, a Phoenix fan, and then, um, you know, that's through, again, the KJ, Barkley, Marley years. And then, uh, you know, the, you had the Jason Kidd years, which were awesome. You had That's when I went to my first NBA game was Jason Kidd in Phoenix. And then uh, you had the Steve Nash Suns, which were just an absolute blast to watch. And it's a travesty that they never made the finals. Um, and they had that one year where it was theirs, and then and then the cheap shot from the Spurs, and then next thing That's you know, right. That's right. when he got drove out of you know out of bounds, wasn't it? And and, Body and Nickham was called, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was that was terrible. Yeah, but you know, you're talking about close games. I, I know one of the things that makes memories of basketball so great are those last second shots, Jordan, uh, Jordan over Elo. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Right. Yeah. We don't need we don't need to get into that because as we <laughs> talked about with Parker, he pushed off. All right. That's all I'll say about that. Sure, sure. I, I give you that. But <laughs> uh but you know, that was exciting. And we don't get you don't get those um uh, historic moments if the game's not close. Uh you think of even like um LeBron's chase down of, of Iggy uh several years ago. Uh Tayshaun Prince had a big chase down block too, and uh you think of Reggie Miller had some big playoff moments. Absolutely. Madison Square Garden, they don't want to talk about that either. So if, if the game's not close, the there's just little to remember about it. And uh so yeah, I don't I don't know that this year's draft is gonna draw us any closer to competitive basketball. I'm not sure. How do, how do you view this draft class? Do you think that overall it's good or overall it's weak? Well, there's certainly no LeBron James in this draft. There's no Tim Duncan, there's no Shaq. There's no guy that stands head and shoulders over everybody else. But I do think that there is some length to this draft where you might be drafting 10th or something like that. And so there's quality and depth, I think. And so you might be able to get a quality player 10, 12, maybe later on, in the, unless you're the San Antonio Spurs. And, of course, you're taking Kawhi Leonard, what was it, in the second round of the playoffs? You know, and he, he goes ahead and, you know, leads you to the promised land. So you just never know. I think there are some players, there, there are quite a few players here that that's, can be good professionals. If you're waiting for somebody to ride in to save the day, you might be disappointed. Yeah, it's true. Kawhi, Kawhi was a first-round pick. And the only reason I remember that is because the Pacers drafted him and traded him. Uh, and traded Okay. back in the trade um but so maybe it's parker i'm thinking about or one of those yeah. guys that they always got later on in the draft yeah ginobili they, yeah ginobili and all guys like that yeah and uh so you know san antonio maybe uh because they're ninth in this year's draft so maybe who knows what they'll pull out of their hat yeah, I agree with you about the class. I think that you're looking at guys that'll be, you know, five, six, seven, eight in the rotation versus one or two in the rotation for the most part. Uh, maybe the first, you know, three, four picks might be guys that'll be top two on the team. But outside of that, I think you're looking at guys that are in the rotation that you can get later in the draft as well. And we'll talk about some of these guys as we go through the draft. Real quick, the order. Uh, the uh, top top picks, Orlando, of course, leads off. Is this the kind of year? Yeah, I always think of this teams. They're like, all right, we got the first number one overall pick, but when you don't have a LeBron James in the draft, I mean, it's still nice to have number one. But you've got to be thinking to yourself, you know, why couldn't we got the the one last year or the one next year? You know, why now? It's like yeah, it's like you the know, NFL it, this it, year. 
it, it's Jaguars. funny with the yeah. NBA draft because they're, you know, we talk about Orlando. And, yeah. of course, Orlando picked Shaq, you know, way yeah. back in the day. And there is no Shaq here to be found. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, there are some, like I said, there are some players here that, that, that you know, maybe maybe somebody like Mobley from uh, Cleveland last year. Yeah. yeah that can, get can, or, you know, Cunningham or one of those guys like that that can really help out your basketball team. I think there are some players here that can do that. But since there are so many of these depth players, if you're looking to maybe, if you're at the top of the draft, you're looking to trade down, maybe some minutes later on, you're thinking, well, why do I need to trade up when I get somebody at 10 that might be as good as at four or something like that. So it'll be interesting to see if, if I'm sure there are some guys that might want to trade down, but are they going to find a, a suitor that's willing to, to help them out is going to be the question. All right. So pretty much consensus, this, everybody has the same three players going one through yeah. three, maybe different order slightly, but for the most part, it's the same three guys. I've seen uh, every now and then I'll see a, another guy thrown in there in the top three, Jordan Ivy, Jaden Ivy, excuse me, occasionally yeah. makes it up there. But pretty much everybody has Chet Holmgren, uh, Jabari Smith, and Paolo uh, Banchero as your top three picks. Um, out of those three guys, who do you like the best? Well, I think that uh, I think the consensus right now is that uh, Jabari Smith is going to be the top selection, and uh, I think that he's going to be a fine player. And uh, Orlando is going to get somebody there that, that if they go ahead and make that that pick, that they're getting somebody they're going to like. And uh, the the player that I'm really the most interested in in this whole draft is Chet Holmgren, hmm. because this guy is seven foot one. I weigh more than he does, and I'm <laughs> I'm a foot shorter than he. So, and I was I was looking into this guy, and you know, over in Gonzaga, he was shooting over sixty percent from the field, because he's one of those guys that were you know he operates around the basket, and that's not what the NBA is looking for anymore. They're looking for guys that will can shoot from the outside. And Holmgren is not that. And so it'll be interesting to see who it is that decides to take him. And uh, whoever that is might need to find out what his favorite flavor is and get him some of them protein shakes, Prano, because <laughs> – Seven foot one and 195 pounds is not going to stand up to the NBA rigors, having guys that are dragging you up and down the court all game. So yeah. he's somebody that's really interesting to me and I'm, to see who it is that decides, well, we're going to go ahead and select him. I think that if he weighed a little bit more, he would probably go number one overall. But there, there, are, there are some red flags with him that, that – I don't think that Orlando is going to take him. Okay. Well, he, you know, he's, he's not unathletic, but he is. No, he's certainly not. He can he block shots slender. and he can operate, like I said, around the basket. Yeah. But you got a guy like Rudy Gobert, you know, he's a center. Of course, he's a defensive player of the year and teams. All they wanted to do was get him away from the basket to draw him out. And he wasn't effective out there. Hmm. So, that that's a similarity that I'm looking at right there because you got Dallas and they just made a trade for Christian Wood and why did they do that? It's because he was he hits 38 percent of his three point shots. 
And that's just the way the NBA is going right now. Uh, so you you think Jabari Smith is going one? I do. I do. What what do you do you like him? What do you like about him? Well, he uh, you know, he was he's from Auburn and so right away that down there in the you know, in the SEC, he 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 saw quality basketball every night. And so and that's another thing about about Chet and Gonzaga and they've run into that problem when they get to the to the NCAA tournament, they're not playing, you know, who is it? you know, St. Mary's or whoever else that they've got over there in their conference. And, and, and it hurts them in that respect, I think. And so, but, but Smith, he's a power forward. He's a guy that can operate, you know, he can get down there. He can rebound the basketball. There's uh, quite a few things that he can do. And so I, I think that, you know, given the competition and, and the position he plays, and Orlando, of course, they need everything, and so a power forward will fit right in well with with their team. Yeah, that's kind of what I look at with Orlando because I, I still lean towards Chet. Actually, I know there's a lot of noise for Jabari Smith going to Orlando. I'm still leaning towards Holmgren at the moment. Uh, looking at their roster, it's kind of how do the Magic feel about Wendell Carter? Um, he, he's kind of the, the main competition there right now. Jonathan Isaac is actually, I think, a relatively similar player to Chet, only probably shoots a little bit better. Um, but, you know, tall, a little bit lanky, although, again, he's bigger than Chet is. Uh, so those are kind of your two main guys you're looking at as far as who's going to challenge for playing time and things like that. I think you could make it work. Um, I'm skeptical of picking bigs. Uh, early in the draft, I, I'm a guy. It goes all the way back, right? I mean, you take if you take the center over the guard or the center over the small forward, it, it usually comes back to bite you. With rare, uh, you know, rare occasions where that's not true, the Shacks and the Akeems and yeah, yeah. But like we said, there's no Akeem Olajuwon in this draft, right? Right. So I, I, I don't know. Again, a lot of noise for Jabari Smith going to Orlando. Uh, I don't think Homegrown makes it past two. Oklahoma City's at number two. Again, a team that needs literally everything. everything. And they've got, they've got, it seems like they've got like 27 draft picks. Right. And yeah. So, you know, it, they could go ahead and take him because they're going to have a chance. Because, uh, let me see here. They've got the 12th pick coming up right after that. Yep. So if you take a chance with Hunger in there and, and let's say it kind of works out, but not great, you could still get somebody at 12 that can, that can help your team and, and maybe balance that out just a little bit. Yeah, I like the fit for Chet Holmgren in Oklahoma City a lot better than I like it in, in Orlando uh, because you're looking at guys that they're that he'd be playing with with Shea Gilgis Alexander, uh, Josh Giddy is there. Uh, I'm forgetting somebody, of course, Lou Dort that everybody loves. Um, there's somebody else, Isaiah Roby, as a guy they like there. He's six eight, so power forward. The only center, you know, you're looking at Mike Muscala. Uh, Muscala. You're looking at um, somebody else I'm forgetting on that team, and I can't find it now. Derek yeah, Favors is there. Um, you know, so I, I think Chet fits OKC with what they have and what they can do. I think it makes sense for him to go there more so than Orlando. But I think I think Chet's going to turn into an interesting uh, player in the NBA. I, I'm not but, sure. You know, I root for him. I hope that he does well. Yeah. You know, he's a very likable guy, you know, comes from a great program. And so you hope that he's, you know, successful and, 
you know, doesn't turn out to be, uh, you know, Sean Bradley or anything like that. You wouldn't <laughs> wish that on your worst enemy, I don't think. Well, Sean so you was, hope that he Sean you know, was in the NBA for a while. And uh, <laughs> he was, and he was in there because he was, what, seven foot six or whatever it was? Yeah. And uh, But he weighed like, you know, 204 pounds or something crazy like that, too. But uh, <laughs> so, you know, you hope that he work it works out for him. Wherever he winds up, I think in Oklahoma City that would be a you know, a, a good place for him. And uh, you know, because when you look at Oklahoma City, you talk about fantasy, but there are a lot of players on Oklahoma City that fits fantasy better than they actually do in real life basketball. So yeah, you know, if that works out and you happen to get him on your fantasy team, well, okay. Yeah, SGA Shea Gilgis Alexander. I'm a oh, huge fan of his from when he was yeah. here in Lexington and at Kentucky. Um, and going forward, he's a phenomenal basketball player. Great size, length, uh, ability. Everything's there for him. So they're. I don't think they're too far from being a a decent team. Not maybe not a championship team, but a decent team because they've got some real talented guys there. Um, I just think they need to use their their draft picks to trade and actually yeah, yeah. add some pieces. Yeah, because yeah, they've definitely got the draft capital to do some things starting in this draft. If there's a team that can move up, it's got to be Oklahoma City. Oh, yeah. After they make their second pick, they can move up, you know, if somebody's willing to do that because they've got the draft capital to make it happen. What about going out and getting a guy? I don't know that he would come or that he would be what they want to be, but guys like Bradley Beal, that's that's available right now. Um, I actually heard his name mentioned, Bradley Bill, and Oklahoma City, strangely enough. So if that's something that they – I don't know why he'd want to do that. Because, first of all, he'd have to take a massive downgrade in pay to make that happen. Hmm. And so I've, I think that that would work. Bradley Bill is a player. He's He's not one of those guys – you know, he's not a number one hmm. on your team. He could be a 1A or, you know, you got 1A and 1B. He could be 1B. Mm. And so, and I don't know if he actually wants to be a 1A player on a team. He's more comfortable with somebody else taking the yeah. spotlight. So maybe that being the case, maybe Oklahoma City wouldn't work out because who's the 1A? Maybe, like you're saying, you know, Shea over there. But uh, yeah. if they could get him, they could really make some noise. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so I think Holmgren and Smith one, two, in, in whatever order. Smith yeah, one. I, I think two, that yeah, two. those two guys are at the top of the draft. I don't think there's any real question about that. So that leads us to uh, pick number uh, three, and uh, Houston Rockets on the board at pick number three. Pretty much everyone has them taking Paolo Banchero from Duke. Um, power forward athlete, uh, can play really, really good basketball. Uh, 6'10, 250. Uh, See, that's plays... 250. That's what you like out of here. Yeah. But he plays well. He's what, uh, 20 points, 10 rebounds, uh, for the most part. So, I mean, he's, there's a lot there to like. And I know the, the, the kind of knock on him that I've heard is slow feet. Um, and, and which can be a problem defensively, especially in the NBA, but he seems pretty well locked in as the number three pick. There's again, some people that say Jaden Ivy from Purdue would jump in at that spot, but it seems like Banchero is kind of that, that number three guy in this draft. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, 
you know, I like Ivy, but I don't think that, uh, like I said, the, the Rock has just traded, you know, Wood, and they've got, seems like they got, uh, you know, 45 guys back from Dallas for him. So <laughs> they need some, they need something up, up front. And, uh, so I think that, uh, that Paulo going there makes all the sense in the world. The only thing that might give you a little pause is sometimes these players from Duke, they yeah. are great, great college basketball players, but it doesn't always translate over to the NBA. I'm not exactly sure why that is, but it's something that, uh, you know, you got to be aware of and, and, and see how things go with him there. Yeah. I mean, obviously there have been plenty of good ones too, right? Absolutely. There's been plenty, you know, 7,000 guys from Duke could be a first round draft pick. And so, but, you know, you, you, Christian Leitner and, you know, you can go from guys from there. Yeah. I can just, I can hear the Duke fans. Pan out as well in the NBA. I'm not sure why exactly that is, but, uh, I don't really see that as a problem with, uh, Banchero. I think that he could go, and if he does go to Houston, he, he could make that team his own down there because, you know, they've got, like I said, they've got all these guys from Dallas that they just traded for. So they've got a lot of mini me's going on down there. But, uh, and, and they continue to get young. There's, there's talk today about Eric Gordon getting moved at some point here soon, uh, as well. But you got guys, Jalen Green, who was drafted last year, Kevin Porter, who's been good, uh, Tate, who's been good as well. Uh, and then like you said the guys that they've traded for, they're going to lose still. It looks like a few people. Sangoon is a guy that a lot of people like as well. Um, and so I, I think I think those top three are pretty well set. Again, somebody might like Ivy and jump up and get them. But I think that we're sitting at those top three pretty well. But the draft kind of starts to get interesting then at number four. Absolutely, Sac- it does. Sacramento up at number four. They have an interesting <laughs> – Yeah, they do. They absolutely do because <laughs> let's say the three goes that we're just talking about, and then you got Ivy sitting right there, mm-hmm. and but they don't need a guard. They don't. So right. does it go back to needs over best player available, or do you just take the best player available and live with that? Because if they do do that, then Ivy's the pick, obviously there to me, and. uh if they decide not to do that because they really don't have a need for him, then you've got him, one of those players that maybe start sliding down the board a little bit. Yeah. And then you've got guys, let's say, uh, a guy that I like is Jeremy, uh, and I'm going to try and pronounce this as best I can, Soshan. Ah, yes. Out of, okay, out of uh, Baylor. He's a power forward. He's a guy that they could use over there if they decide to go over needs over, you know, best player available. Mm -hmm. So Sacramento is going to turn this draft one way or the other, depending on, you know, if everything works out and the three guys are off the board that we expect to be off the board, what Sacramento does is going to set the tone for this draft after that. Yeah. Of course you got Fox uh, who I love, but it seems like not everybody loves him. Davion Mitchell Another yeah. young guard there. Of course, they traded Halliburton last year for Sabonis. Uh, yeah. moving to Indiana. And I like Sabonis. Sabonis, oh, yay. Yeah. 
Yeah, Sabonis is really, really good. He was uh, on my fantasy team, so yay, Sabonis. <laughs> Except uh, for when he was hurt, then it wasn't so quite so great. So much. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ivy is, I think, the best player available at four. Um, I, do, I do, too. Best case scenario for Sacramento, though, is Ivy getting taken in the top three. Yes, and, and that takes all the pressure off them. Absolutely yeah. does. Yeah, you get one of those bigger guys to fall to, and whether it be Smith, Monchero, or Chet Holmgren, uh, would all be good fits there, I think, in Sacramento and and and, oh, and, and be good. I've seen some people say Keegan Murray from Iowa. Again, Murray, he's the guy I got right here. He, you know, it just depends on what power forward you like, because I like him too. You know, those Iowa boys, you know, they got all the corn and stuff that they go, you know, <laughs> eat down there or up there. And so, yeah, so that would fit in really well with, with, uh, Sacramento as well, if you decide to do him. Sacramento seems to be a great spot to trade down. Um, again, yes, you have a guy like somebody that wants, if, if Ivy's sitting there yeah. and they're really not, you know, come on, you know, we, 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 we don't need him. They might get somebody to trade up. Yeah. I mean, you got teams like Indiana that's a couple picks down from them. Yep, Indiana's at number six. Portland at seven. Portland a team at seven. That possibly move up as well. So there's there's possibilities there, I think, for them to, to make a move down if they choose to do so. Uh, you know, one of the things I hate about the NBA draft is you don't know who's picking. Uh, they make all these weird trades and they don't announce. It's just, oh, I hate it. I absolutely hate the NBA draft. Um, but with the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. That being said, Ivy's the best player at four, probably. But we have no idea what Sacramento's going to do. They've got Mike Brown, former Cleveland Cavaliers head head coach there now. Um, New staff. Um, Maybe they can stabilize some things out there. I think they have some good talent on the team currently. Uh, but they definitely need to make some moves. And they got some guys that they could move to that are currently on their roster. Maybe pick up some more draft picks here this this year too. Harrison Barnes uh, is kind of comes to top of mind on that as well uh, there for Sacramento. So after the fourth player off the board, again, I think things kind of level out a little bit. Detroit up at number five. Uh, they had a great yeah. draft last year getting Cade Cunningham, and uh, he looks like he's going to be a legit for a long time. So what what do you think Detroit needs to do to partner with with what they have going right now? Well, a player that I really kind of like is uh, a guy that you got guys that that went to college and you got this guy, Dyson Daniels, who mm-hmm. played in the G League last year, and so he's a player. He's a shooting guard, and uh, he's a guy that I think that could you know he had the experience where these other guys played played in college but he was out there against pro players you know more or less and i think that that's a guy that could really slide up in there and help detroit a lot yeah i hear his name a lot people people like him i i'm a little weary of the g league guys um you know we haven't seen a lot of it turn out as instant success yet um you know, not not necessarily bad players, but guys that just haven't jumped out as being just great players as soon as they come on and be a part of your team. Um, I, again, I think guys like Keegan Murray is interesting here. I, I yeah. start to hear the shade and sharp noise uh, once you get to, to six. 
um, and five, six, somewhere in that range. Although I think he's going to go lower than that, uh, maybe down in the 10 to 11 range. Yeah, I've got him at 10 going to the Washington Wizards. That'd be an interesting spot for him. I, okay, so I'm an anti-Shade and Sharp guy. And the reason why that is, I live in Lexington, Kentucky. Shade and Sharp committed to Kentucky, reclassified, came, and kept telling everybody, no matter what, he's going to be here next year. Not going to play this year, going to be here next year. Well, then came, time came around. He declares for the draft, which all Kentucky players do, and then right. some will come back, <laughs> some will transfer, whatever. And then, um, But he kept teasing the fan base. That you know, I still might come back. I still might come back. Now, listen, he's told he's going in the lottery, uh, and many people think top ten. I don't blame him for going to the draft. I blame him for not playing at Kentucky this year uh, and just sitting on the bench and going to practice, but not playing, not contributing to the team. And and I blame him for teasing the fan base as well. And honestly, I don't know that he has. If I am a team, and again, I didn't do interviews with him, didn't do workouts with him, any of that kind of stuff. But my first mindset goes to his to his mental game. And when you got guys like Kyrie out here being kind of oh, just wacky. Yeah, you don't want to be in the same sentence with Kyrie Irving. <laughs> no. And I don't know that he is, except for this 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 thought. If he wasn't willing to play this year for fear of his draft stock going down, that means he doesn't have the confidence or the belief that he is actually good enough to be at that spot at, at that level. And and I would look at it in a negative sense that he didn't play this year, and uh, and and I don't know. And I've heard he hasn't his his workouts haven't gone great. Um, but again, I I'm just hearing you know other people talk about that kind of stuff. I have no idea. Okay, so that's a guy that uh, keep your eyes on because he could be one of those guys that are sliding way down the board. Yeah, there's so much risk reward with him. I, I don't. He can't drop too far. Maybe 12, I think, might be the farthest he goes. Um, but he's a guy that you don't know what you're getting. He hasn't played, you know, since high school. I mean, he didn't play at all last year. Um, he's young. He's got decent size. He's he's got good skill set, but you've never seen him compete against the best of the best. And yeah, one of the when you go to the big schools. Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, North Carolina, you get a chance to see them compete against some really good basketball players. So I would pass on Shaden Sharp, and and I would be okay with it, even if he turns out good. I just think the risk is too high, uh, unless you got a team that's got multiple draft picks and they can they can afford to miss on one. But that's that's kind of well, where that I That goes back to what we were saying about, uh, about Oklahoma City because they've got the 12th pick. And yeah. if you go ahead and take Holmgren – then you can't afford to also miss on the on the twelfth pick. So, if that's the case and Sharp is still sitting there, then maybe you need to say, "Well, bye bye to you," because we can't take a, a a risk and wind up with two guys on your team that might as well, you know, stay and you know, second rounders or whatever. You know, he tried to protect his draft status. Well, if he's sliding, guess what? It didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah. Uh, Detroit at five, Indy at six. <laughs> Indy's a team, again, they have needs pretty much everywhere. They're basically in a rebuild. Uh, supposedly, they're still trying to move Miles Turner. Yeah. They've been trying to move for three years now. Um, but they got Halliburton. He's kind of their main piece. Brogdon and Turner are, are both on the block. If they can move them, they will. Um, so what does Indiana have to get in this draft to, to – 
stay relevant in the Eastern Conference? Well, they need to get somebody that uh, they they can depend on because, like you're saying, you know, they, they've got these guys on on, on the draft or uh, you know to to trade them out and stuff like that. And so, let's say they go ahead and do that. They need a guy over there that they can plug into their lineup that they can have confidence in and not worry about him because they've got these other players, you know, you never know what, you know, you make a trade for a guy, you think, okay, he might be great, but you don't know that. Right. And so I think that they need to get a guy. And uh, if, if we're talking about if Jeremy Sohan, he went to Baylor. So that means he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders. And so uh, he's an intelligent guy. He can, you know, get over there, power forward, if, if I'm going to make a mistake high up in the draft, let it be with a power forward that can, can get out there and, and do some things and rebound and and all of those things. And then if I make a mistake with a power forward, then I can live with that. Whereas if I make a mistake with a seven foot one center and it doesn't work, then then you know I might need to be you know consoled after you know the draft <laughs> at, at some point. You know, give me a you know pat on the shoulder and say it's going to be okay kind of thing. I want to skip down to the New York Knicks. They're at number 11 this year. Uh, John Rothstein tweeted, the Knicks have had four lottery picks in the past five NBA drafts. Frank Nilakina, Kevin Knox, RJ Barrett, Obi Toppin. Some of the players they passed on, Donovan Mitchell, Bam Adebayo, John Collins, Mikhail Bridges, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Miles Bridges. Uh, at number 11, they're not at the top of the, of the draft, of course. Um, right. 11 is, is a little ways down when you're talking about, especially this year's draft. Um, to me, New York, they need to, to work on getting Donovan Mitchell, uh, in, in the building, trading whatever they yeah. got to trade to get him there. Well, I heard that the, the Bulls were, were interested in him. And, uh, I, I, I just don't see that being a fit and, if you're the Jazz, why in the world would you want to take any of New York players? <laughs> I'm serious. You know, like you, you just mentioned, all those guys that they passed on, yeah. you cannot depend on the brain trust, if you want to call it that, over there in New York. And so if if, uh, if I'm Utah, of course, they don't have a coach at right. present. So right. I don't know who would take the phone call if they did. <laughs> uh, Danny Ainge, I guess. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, I don't think Danny Ainge is you know jumping up and down trying to deal with 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 the New York Knicks. Yeah, so I, I, I don't really, I don't see that as being a realistic possibility. Yeah, Miami probably makes the most sense because they've got pieces, right? I mean, they do. They do, the they do got pieces down Colorado. there, and and they have a championship, you know, mindset. Yeah, they haven't won a championship, you know, in a while, but. They've gotten to the finals. They've gotten to the Eastern Conference finals. And uh, so they've got players that know how to play the game of basketball. So if you call me up from Miami, I'm going to listen to what, what, what you're putting out. Uh, what about a guy, Johnny Davis, uh, Wisconsin player, got injured last year. He's a shooter, had a rough year after his injury. But from everything that, that I can see, the injury played a big role in his drop-off shooting, sprained his ankle, couldn't get that lift and things like that. Uh, he's a guy that fits today's NBA, uh, a shooter, an athlete, a defender as well. Um, how high does a guy like Johnny Davis go in this draft? Well, as you mentioned, uh, it, it, 
sprained ankles, as uh, we're going to find out from Manny Machado, because he's got a sprained ankle right now. So if that affects your your whole your whole, everything else about you, because you're going to land on your ankle, you're going to turn on your feet, you're going to you know push off and all that sort of thing. And so if he's healthy, which everything that I've seen that he that he is, he could really move up this draft and shake some things around a little bit, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, people get weird about injuries, but I mean, you go back and look at Steph coming into the league, his ankles were horrible. And Steph Curry's turned out okay <laughs> since since then, I would just say. Been, you know, he's been just okay. Just okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like Davis. I like him at seven to Portland. Uh, I like him at eight. I like him in that range, seven, eight, nine, ten. I like him in in that area uh, right there. You got uh, New Orleans, San Antonio, and well, Washington. that's not that big a jump because these I've got him at thirteen with the Hornets, hmm. and so if he moves, he could move up to that top level, and uh, and 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 really do some some good things for them. Uh, small forwards. Mm-hmm. I could use a small forward. I really like them. If you could get Chet Holmgren and Johnny Davis in OKC uh, at, okay. at two now, well. yeah, we got something to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I like I like them pairing up. I think that'd be a fun fun thing to have. Talk to me about Ty Ty uh, again. I'm a Kentucky guy, so I can be a little biased <laughs> from these guys. I have to say that you know when I first was looking at this Ty Ty Washington. That's a cool name, all right. So, <laughs> and he's a junior on top of it all. So right. you got dad, you know, Ty Ty running around, and you got Ty Ty Junior running around, and so uh, point guard, and and from what I understand, that yeah, he is a point guard. Yeah, and so that you know, a lot of teams aren't looking for point guards per se in the NBA. You know, they want him to be Steph Curry. And be yeah. shooting guard, slant, point guard. Yep. And so, but I could use a point guard on my team. And so, if he ran the Kentucky offense, then that you know, speaks highly to me. And uh, you can bring him over here. And uh, I, you're talking about the Knicks. And, you know, you, you wouldn't wish that on your, you know, worst enemy, maybe <laughs> going to the Knicks. But uh, he's a guy over there. Maybe that doesn't work quite because it seems to me like the New York Knicks have like seven thousand guards on their team. Yeah, and no, maybe that's not such a great fit over there. And so hopefully the Knicks decide well we don't need another guard and they go a different direction. Ty Ty needs to go to a team that has a point forward. Uh, he can handle the ball and he can distribute the ball, but it'd be better playing with someone who has basically a point forward, someone else that brings the ball up and runs the offense through someone else, but then he can get the ball and do something in the half court and things like that as well. Uh, listen, I, I'm a Kentucky fan to a degree, but I think Coach Calipari is a horrible basketball coach. He's a great recruiter. He's a great motivational speaker. I think he's a <laughs> yeah, horrible you can argue he's one coach. of those two points. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, his X's and O's, though, are really bad. And what he's done with the, with the talent that he's had – over the last six, seven years has been really pathetic. And and I think he's he's I mean, hurting more. He hasn't guys. won a championship, you know, with, since, with all uh, these guys. Since that, AD, that, yeah. 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 So, they, went, you know, they went another time and they've been to the final four a couple times, but yeah, it's just he's had too much talent to have such little results, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah uh, it's hard to argue that. 
Yeah, I can go on. I can talk about Coach Cal for a while, but we'll <laughs> we'll lay off a little okay. bit. Um, who who is a guy that you think is going to be overdrafted? Meaning he goes too high. When we look back on it down the road, we'll go, boy, can't believe they took him in the top five, or can't believe they took him in the top ten. Well, um, he's ended up out of the league. Well, hopefully, as I said, we're not talking about Chet Holmgren in that way. <laughs> and so, you know, there's not a lot of, um, you know, margin for error with mm. with this guy. Because, like I said, this is not the NBA of old. And him operating around the basket is not what the NBA, that's not what they do now. And uh, him and his slight frame. Uh, you know, there there are a lot of, of question marks with him that, that make me a little bit nervous. And uh, I hope the hopefully we're not talking about him as a guy that, you know, like certain Cleveland you know, Cavalier draft picks that we could mention that went at the top of the draft. And you don't know where he is today. And so we don't want to be talking about him like that. And so he's the guy that uh, that really, really kind of you know gives me the you know the, the heebie-jeebies a little bit because I don't want him to fail, but I could see that as being a possibility. See, I don't have any reservations really on Chet. I, I don't know that I would have to take him number one, but I, I think he's going to be around for a while. Now, is he going to be a superstar? Maybe not. So then, maybe going number one or two is an overreach and all that kind of stuff. But I think he's going to be around and be useful. Um, I think at worst, and this is bad, and this would be horrible if this is him, it's Laurie Markkinen. Um, that worst, that's kind of where he ends up. And and that would be horrible for him, uh, especially yeah, with that Laurie he's... Markkinen, you know, he was not a number one draft pick. Right, right. Uh, and But I don't think that's the case. I think Chet's going to have a good career. I, and I hope so. Like I said, I hope so. Everything works out, and it's all, you know, uh, gumdrops and sun, you know, sign over there for him. And, uh, but uh, I, got, I got two guys that I think are going to be overdrafted that we'll look back on and think, how did anybody think they were going to be that good? Uh, okay. One is Mark Williams, the Duke center, uh, big man. Go back uh, to Duke. Yep. You mentioned Duke earlier that, and then the other one's Tari Eason from LSU. Um, yeah, that's the guy you need to keep because he could go anywhere in this draft and, and, and it could, he could wash out it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not big on him and I think that he's going to get drafted earlier than he should. And, uh, and someone's going to regret it, uh, down the road as well. Now, who's the guy that you think will be underdrafted that we'll, we'll look back on in four years and go, how did they not get taken in the top 20 of this, of this draft? Well, let's see. If we're going to go outside the top 20, uh, let's see. Uh, how about a guy like EJ, like, I'm going to, Liddell? Is that how we pronounce that? Out of Ohio Oops. State? Yeah. Okay. Power forward. He's projected to go outside the top 20. And uh, he's a guy that uh, could move up. And uh, we're not going to talk him. He just talked about Mark Williams. I have him outside the top 20 anyway. Mm. So... Um, so if that's what winds up happening with him, how about a guy who almost has the same name as Nikola Josh, Jokic? <laughs> Jokic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Jokic. All right. There's a guy here, Nikola Javik. Is that how we're going to do that? Uh, Out of I, Serbia? 
Yeah, I don't. Okay. I try to try the foreign guys. <laughs> okay, so you know, if I'm if I'm butchering that name, I, I apologize, but uh, that certainly you know stood out to me that there's a guy that's running around that almost sounds like he's the Joker. Yeah, and so hopefully there are not guys that think that he is going to be that because he is not, and so uh, and actually I'd seen that the that that ironically enough the Denver Nuggets might be interested in him. So you got, uh, you know, the Joker, and then you got Jokic, Javik, or however you pronounce his name, running around on the same team. And so uh, if that's the case, then he's a guy that's definitely going to move up in this draft, and we'll we'll see how that goes. My guy's Max Christie out of Michigan State. Um, I think he's going to go late first, maybe early second. Uh, but I think he's a guy that's going to have a really, really good career. And it might be a result of him getting drafted to a good team that helps him early on uh, if he goes late first, for instance. But uh, I really think he has the potential to be something special. Johnny Juzang is another guy uh, who's being projected as a second-round pick by most people from UCLA. Again, he's a guy that can shoot lights out. And uh, and in today's NBA, maybe he's a six-man, maybe he's a seven- or eight-man off the bench but I think he's going to have a career where people are going to look back and go, man, he was really good. I can't believe he went so far down down the draft. Uh, so Christy and Johnny Juzang are the two guys that I'm looking at uh, in those, and as far as guys that could be something special. Um, what team? What team do you think is going to help themselves the most in this draft? Well, it better be the uh, you know we talked about Oklahoma City. It yeah. better be them. They've got three draft picks in this, you know, first round. And so they had better help themselves a lot in this draft. And so if they don't, things could get ugly up there pretty quickly because they've got nothing but other than, you know, as you mentioned, Gilgis Alexander, they've got a bunch of young guys up there and, and they, they need to have quality players. And if they don't get them, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, I agree with you. OKC's the team. I'll throw out the Charlotte Hornets as well. They got two first-round picks, 13 and 15. They do. They don't have a coach at the moment. The, Horn- <laughs> well, the Hornets also, remember, or not the Hornets, uh, I'm talking about uh, Houston Rockets. Yeah. They're a team that better come out of this with something because now they've also have the 26th pick of the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. Even though – you know, it's kind of funny how the NBA works where they won't let you trade a first-round pick in consecutive years, yeah. but they'll let Dallas pick whomever Houston wants and then trade him. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty silly to me. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, the NBA is weird. Like I said, the NBA draft is weird. I, I'm always confused. Who's picking? Who Who's this player actually going to? I don't understand why they don't make it simpler. But Charlotte is a team, again, Mike D'Antoni's in, in for an interview after Atkinson turned down the job. So they're still trying to finalize who their coach is going to be. They've got some really talented guys on that team. They do. They uh, absolutely do. They got Ball running around over there and uh, uh, Gordon. You know, Hopefully he can stay healthy up there. And uh, they've got some players. They do. So I think, I think Charlotte's a team, too, that could come out uh, really strong um, after, after this pick. Is there any one player – that you think is getting traded between now and the end of the draft, um, that, that'd be a pretty big name. Well, it'll be interesting because just yesterday, one you know, they're talking about 
over there in Brooklyn, they're talking about Irving. Mm -hmm. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Uh, maybe because it's only, you know, two days from now, maybe they don't make that move. Because first of all, he has to decide, is he opting in? Is he opting out? What is he going to do? And uh, as they said on uh, Pardon Interruption yesterday, we could we could speak from now till the end of time on uh, Irving and spend an hour each show talking about him and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> life in general. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see what's happening with him. And uh, what are they going to do in L.A.? Because uh, I don't see that being a possibility with him and and LeBron getting back together, but uh, the Lakers got to be itching to do something. Yeah, you know, because they've got guys that almost are my age, <laughs> so that's not a good look on a basketball team. <laughs> and uh, and then they're talking about how LeBron James don't even want to be there anymore. Well, yeah. Why would he? Why would he? I mean, he picked the team like he did he everywhere else. It, he and you picked the coach, and you picked the players, and yeah. you know, you probably picked you know whatever the the flavor of Gatorade is on the sidelines. So if things don't work, and they haven't ever since they won that the, the title, things have slid off the mountain pretty badly out there. And and uh, I know I talked at the top about how the Lakers got me into basketball. Well, the Lakers don't have any interest of mine whatsoever anymore and so if they're at the bottom of the league that's fine with me yeah. maybe not a lot of people but it's fine with me i'm with you on that one but trade wise i think donovan mitchell's a big one to watch for miami's a team to watch out for because again they've got pieces they can move and then denver is a team too i think denver could move off of somebody for the right pieces in return uh michael porter jr might be a name they to watch have to be 100 healthy for that to happen yeah yeah that's true very true as well. All right, NBA draft is Thursday evening. We'll be tuning in to see how everything shakes out and discussing it on the next episode of the Sports Stove as well. And if you uh, tune in on uh, Belly Up TV, you'll be watching me because I will be live Thursday. Analyzing pick 16 through 20. That's where I'll be. Okay, I'm out of the loop on that. I apologize. Uh, Belly Up TV. What Do you know what time that show starts? I guess... Uh, it the starts at the when the I believe it's well you know you talk about how you're in in the Eastern time zone and that's where time begins I believe that's at eight o'clock Thursday seven o'clock my time here because we lag behind uh, you guys on the you know East Coast <laughs> and all that but yeah. uh, the 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 that's when the show begins at eight seven and then uh, I'll come on whenever they get to the sixteen through twenty and which by the way is uh, I've got that here. 16 through 20 is uh, Atlanta, Houston, Chicago. Atlanta, Houston, and then Chicago, uh, Minnesota, and then the Spurs. The Spurs. Wrap it up there. So, you know, we can talk about Spurs. What are they going to do? Draft foreign players. That's that's my – that'd be where I put my bet on. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. You could be pretty much sure about that. Let's see. Who do I have them taking? I can tell you that right now. They've got this guy that uh, plays basketball for uh, Milwaukee. I didn't even know they had a Milwaukee University. Maybe you know that. Yeah. But uh, that's Patrick Baldwin. Yeah. That's who uh, I have going to them. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see if that is, in yeah, fact, yeah, what yeah. happened. 
Yeah, good player. Good player. I actually almost brought him up earlier. Uh, okay. that'd, be a, that'd be a good land. Uh, Kevin, tell everybody where they can find you at, even though we kind of talked about it earlier. All right. Well, you can uh, – well, except for this weekend. Uh, <laughs> you can uh, – I'm on the uh, the Fantasy uh, – Belly Up Fantasy Live Football Dynasty edition that comes out Sunday mornings at 11 over there in uh, where time begins, Sunday morning. And then Vince and I can normally be found on the Belly Up Fantasy Live baseball show that comes on at 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, if you go to Belly Up Fantasy website, you'll find stories from me. They could You could just click on my name and, 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 and there are stories there. Yeah, you got ad drops, uh, advice. Ad drops. Just, just check me out and... You can always follow me at Twitter at Kevin62WILSEA and uh, drop me a line. Always hey, happy Kevin. to hear from, from, from people. Yep, Kevin always likes to interact on Twitter as well. That's, and, that's right. Uh, he'll usually cuss you out. No, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, no, he's, he's a good good conversation on Twitter as well. You can find him there. Don't forget you can find on InTheClutch.com all your retro MLB, MLBPA, uh, hockey, basketball, football, whatever you can find. You can find it on InTheClutch.com. Use code SPORTSSTOVE. Get 10% off your purchase. And then Elementor, if you have a website or you're wanting a website, you got to use Elementor. They'll help you. It's super easy to use, super affordable. They host it. No coding involved. Use the exclusive Sports Stove link. You can find it in the YouTube notes or the podcast notes wherever you get your podcast as well. Thank you, Kevin, for being back on the program. Always a pleasure, Vin. And thank you all for listening. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.